0: really, really so hyped up about it because I know the changes it's done to me personally. And by me sitting with all of this knowledge makes me a a person that's being a bit selfish. So I want to take all of this knowledge and share it with as many people as possible and help them to live better lives as well.
1: Welcome to the Phase 4 podcast inspired by Vishen Lakhiani and Ajit Nawalka, co-founders of Evercoach, a division of Vine Valley. In this podcast, we speak to coaches and creatives about where they were, where they are, and where they are going. This is the intersection of what we focus on expands, and your story is your superpower. My guest today is Nolan Pillay. Nolan is an author, a coach, a podcaster, a motivational speaker, and much more. Nolan's always pushing the boundaries for himself in order to show others what's possible. Nolan's transformational coaching is multiple modes of delivery have something for everyone in all price ranges. And finally, Nolan has a beautiful moonshot vision that he's going to share with us today. Nolan, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, JP. Grateful to be here with you today.
1: Yeah, thank you. So, When I first got in touch with you, I wanted to talk about the event that you just held. And so we're going to reverse engineer this from the event. We're going to go back to maybe COVID. And you have a beautiful story from your COVID experience that I think is so transformational. First of all, it's great to see you because I know that might not have been possible during those COVID times. And I think your story is so powerful, not just for your own self, but just to show the Example to the world. So,
0: you know, the summit is, uh, I've been attending a lot of online summits over the l- last few years. And I always wondered, what would it feel like if I hosted a summit on my own? And a lot of the summits that I have attended only focused on one aspect of life or one area of speciality, et cetera. And then I thought, well, if I'm going to put something together, I need to look at it from a holistic point of view. Hence, it became the soul, mind, body, and Wealth Summit as well. Because JP, let's be honest, we know a lot of people uh, in our circles that go into gym, for example, and they're just exercising the body, making themselves look with a nice six pack, et cetera. But what about exercising and training your mind and your soul as well? So when I looked at all of this, I said, well, here's an opportunity to get speakers in each category to come and share what they've learned over the years with the audience that we had. And I must say, the the success was a major, uh, the the summit was a major success. Uh, We expected 100 people because of the venue capacity, but we got about 80 people on the day, which was really, really great. Top-class speakers, speakers that have been around for a while, and the nuggets that we got back from them was unbelievable. And I did not have to say this, you just had to listen to some of the audience people or the attendees, to realize the value that they got from it. So yeah, I'm grateful that it was the first one and the second one is actually in motion at the moment. So we're just waiting for approval and we will plan a second one close to November of this year.
1: Beautiful. And I think it's really important when you said about um, bringing it all, there is a holistic approach, even if you don't see it. What are you doing with your diet and your body? It's affecting your mind. And what you're doing with your mind is affecting your body and vice versa. I have a tool I use called My Five, and if you know Jim Rohn, he says you become the five people you hang out with the most. So my idea was like, hey, we take one hour a day, 12 minutes, break it into five 12-minute sections and learn from someone. Let's say it's Wayne Dyer, Napoleon Hill, Joe Dispenza, whatever, and then you can go to a different category, and then you spend 12 minutes of a day with these people for a month, and then all of a sudden, your life transforms. At the end of the month you either figure okay this is for me i'm going to keep going with it or i'm going to go somewhere else but you're not wasting a lot of time and you're taking care of all those different aspects so i definitely love what you said there and so another thing is the finance i think a lot of times in this space we talk about body mind spirit but we don't talk about the finance and it's a part of it right how can you deliver such value and keep going if you're not making any money you can't exactly and, and it,
0: it is really, you're absolutely right. It's an important aspect because without finances, let's be honest, we won't be able, we won't have the opportunity to be talking to each other today. Because without finances, we won't have this internet connection or the laptop or these tools that we have with us. So, finances are really important, no matter which way you look at it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then, one other point in that was about the body, mind, spirit. Like, we have to have a plan, all of us, for our body, our mind, and spirit. And so, If you're just starting out, start with one thing. Pick one thing for each of those categories. If you're more advanced or intermediate, maybe five. And if you're advanced, do 10 different things. So I personally have a plan every day that I know, okay, I got to do these few things for my mind, these two things for my body. And then what happens is it allows you to serve so much more people because they're still the same 24 hours in a day, but you took a bit of time for yourself at the beginning to do all these things and it frees you up to just, Okay, here I am. How can I serve? Absolutely. Self-care is so important, right?
0: And everything that you mentioned is all about self-care. And, th- and you rightfully said we have 24 hours in a day. It's not going to take you a whole lot of time just to focus on yourself because we normally, as humans, we tend to worry about others and help others throughout the day, but we're not making time or that time for ourselves as well. So that's a critical part, and I've learned that along the way. I've always been a people pleaser you know, making sure everyone else is fine. But then as I grew and mature, I realized, but what about Nolan? Who is taking care of Nolan's well-being? Because if Nolan's well-being is not intact, how is Nolan going to sell?
1: Right. Yeah, that's perfect. And you kind of talk about this in your book that we'll get to, but it's like, I live by, this is your quote, I live by the belief that every day of mine must be better than the last day, which allows me to improve in many ways. And Part of the idea, I believe, there is that it's not a competition. You're not comparing yourself to everyone else. You're just comparing yourself to yourself before. Can you expand on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. So the, the way
0: I do it is when I do wake up in the morning, I always try to remember or recall the previous day and see where I actually slipped up or made a mistake or even the positives that I went through. And especially with anything that comes up like a negative thought, I'll question myself and ask myself, so what caused this negative thought to come? Was I watching something on social media? Or did somebody pass a comment or criticism or something like that? And then I ask myself, so how can you avoid it this time? Or how can you today, when that thought does come into place, how can you just remove it immediately from your mind? Because that's quite important. The moment we hang on to that negative thought for a long time, It goes and gets implanted in our subconscious mind and then it starts showing with our behavior. So for example, if I had watched something negative on Instagram and it's still in that subconscious mind, the next day I'm going to go back and say, but that was interesting. Let me go back to it. And before you realize it, you wasted like five, 10 minutes of your time that could be used for something else. So when I say always try to be better than yourself and I'll read this quote to you. I learned from the late legend Bob Proctor. Uh, he actually said it in one of uh, the lessons I did with the, He says, amateurs compete, professionals create. Sorry. Wow. Amateurs create, uh, amateurs compete, professionals create. And that was so profound because it allowed me to realize that wherever you are, always try to compete with yourself. And he used the example of Tiger Woods and he says Tiger Woods had to change his swing twice to be better than himself, not be better than any of the other golfers. Likewise, in life, if we start understanding ourselves and see where we can improve the next day and work towards that, of course we will improve. And I'm actually living testimony to that, JP. My life, the way I'm living it now, has never always been like this and I'm continuing to grow. I've also been this character who was also having bad habits, uh, negative habits, etc. but I grew past it because I really want to be a better person. I want to continue to be a better person because when people look at me, they must realize that, okay, this guy is trying to be a good human. Can we not try and do the same with our lives as well? Not necessarily compete with Nolan, but compete with themselves and become better. So that's what I try as much as possible to portray out there.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful to be the light in a sometimes dark world. So you started that whole thing by talking about how you... Kind of reflect on your last day. And what I love is you didn't just say, What did I do good? And let's do more of that. You said, What did I do bad? Where did I fall from grace? And how can I change that next time? And so that's the idea there is to shorten the refractory period, right? If you do get in a negative loop or a negative spiral, it happens to everybody, right? And sometimes there is such subconscious beliefs that you might see something you have no idea why you're feeling that way. It's something that happened to you when you were three years old. But. It's like- The idea is to say what to question it. Why is this there? And bring it to the surface. And just like the monster under the bed or in the closet, once you turn the light on, it it disappears. So you're the light and I love it. And then another part of that you say was habits, right? So you're talking about going into the subconscious. And this is what habits are so important. You do the same thing every day and you might not want to do it, right? You wake up and do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, whatever. You might not want to do that every day, but by doing it every day, it becomes a habit. And then what happens, it becomes part of your subconscious. So you just roll out of bed and do it without even thinking about it.
0: Automatically, exactly. And that's what you want to do, right? And interestingly, while you're talking about habits, you know, to to your listeners out there as well, a habit is not formed overnight. Uh, When I was doing my research, it takes, I think, about 87 days or 90 days to create a new positive habit and break that old bad habit. So, you know, if you're trying and it doesn't work for the first week, keep trying. Don't stop eventually it'll become a habit where, like JP says, it's automatic.
1: I love it. So 21 days I've heard. I heard other people say 66 days. I personally use 90 days. I have a tool called the N- N90 protocol. And what I'll do is what are four things, list the top four things you want to work on in the next year. And then we make the list. And then what's the most important thing? We're only working on that one thing for 90 days. Everything else will come later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, maybe can you, we can jump into your book and like, man, I am so happy to see your face today because when I was reading your book, I'm like, Oh, did somebody write this after? We don't know. Right. I knew, I knew already, but yeah, it, it was a scary point. So I think it's so important that you wrote the book when you did, instead of just waiting till years later, because it was still happening. And you can see looking back now, man, it's still going through this as COVID and, um, that like. That book probably helped people at the time that, and maybe people you don't even know, that it would help people just, okay, like one thing you said is this too shall pass. And just the whole idea of fighting back and the tools that you use are amazing. So can you speak to that, please? Sure.
0: So, uh, so it started, uh, you know, I, I never knew I had COVID. I I, or I didn't believe in COVID. Uh, I still have this kind of misbelief of COVID, I have to be honest. But, you know, you know when it hit me, I remember the day clearly I was out for a, a job slash walk with my wife. And I said to her, I'm tasting chemicals on my lips. And because I live very close to the airport, I thought, you know, normally the planes are landing, they dump the fuel. So I thought this is still li- lingering in the air and it could have got onto my lips. So I came home, I was still fine. And for the next eight days, I said to myself, I'm still fine. Up until that last day when my family saw me outside, kind of crouched like this. And I wasn't eating by that time. Uh, I couldn't even manage to brush my teeth properly. And they said, well, there's something serious wrong with this guy. So immediately they rush me to the hospital. I get to casualty. The doctor looks at me. He looks at them and he shakes his head. Almost like saying this guy is not going to make it. Uh, So when they looked at my oxygen levels, I was at 58% at the time. And I could still converse. I could still speak, but with a stutter and I said to my wife and my son who were there at the time, I said, don't worry, I will walk out from here. I will get out of it. And I think this is such an important point for the listeners is making that decision to get through whatever you're going through at that point. I don't think if I made that decision to say that I'm gonna walk out from here, I would have been able to get out of that hospital. If I went in with the with the, like a victim mentality or self-pity mindset, it would have been much more challenging and much more difficult to get out of it. But anyway, I ended up spending 13 days in the intensive care unit. And the trauma you face is unbelievable. Every single day, I find a bed being wheeled across with the face cup, with the head covered. Then you know, another one has been lost. Another human has gone. And I'm, I'm watching this on a daily basis. I was very close to a door. Whenever families came in and changed into their COVID gear, you knew immediately that the hospital advised them that they need to come say goodbye to their family member because their family member is not going to make it. So I'm looking at all of this and I'm thinking to myself, how are you going to fight this, Nolan? You know, How are you going to get through it? And funny enough, being a person with a strong mindset and of course being human at the same time, on day six of my journey, I gave up. I got in touch with my family. And this was after a doctor had passed on. There was a doctor opposite me and he was pulling out all these cords. He was on a ventilator. He was pulling out all these cords and saying to the nurses, he wants to die. Now imagine this is a doctor who should be saving lives, is calling out to die. And I'm watching this. I'm watching some operations happen close by because that COVID ward that I was in, the ICU, had been turned into a place where they were doing small operations, putting through, through people's throat, just to allow them to breathe. That's how bad it was. But when I saw this in that evening, everything went fine. I went to bed and I woke up the next morning and I looked at the bed and it was empty and I asked them, where is the doctor? They said he passed. I broke down. I still have goosebumps, you know, relating this to you. And I got in touch with my family and I said to them, I can't do this anymore. And they motivated me. And they said to me, no, you got to fight this. You made a decision. You made a promise to get out of it. I still did not want to hear anything until my daughter did something very special. And it's something I carry with me. It's even in my pocket as we speak as well. Uh, this is my goal card. This is a goal card with all the goals that I have still to achieve in life. And she said to me, don't forget what your purpose is. And that, he told me. That purpose statement. Immediately, I had to snap out of that victim mindset, that self pity mindset, and focus on how I'm going to get out of here. I upped my meditation. I upped my affirmations. You know, uh, in Mind Valley, I did the three scenes healing technique. I started doubling up on that. I started focusing so much on it. I was praying. I was getting prayer uh, videos and rituals from every single religion, me being a Hindu. I accepted everything like I do today because I don't see, I I see religion as a positive. That does not matter what religion it is, it's still a prayer. People are making the time to pray for you. You must make the time to listen to what they're actually sending to you. So, up all of that, my gratitude started to increase. I was grateful for the fact that I had nurses and doctors that were treating me like a baby. I could not use the bathroom, but they were there, you know, wiping my behind. I mean, at that age, at, at the point I was turning 50, imagine getting close to 50 and people are doing things for you. You, lose your, you. you lose your independence and you still have to just be grateful that there are people there to do it. So during this time as well, uh, the story of the book uh, started at day eight or day seven. I, I did a video to encourage other people out there who were kind of skeptical about COVID. And I said to them, no matter what, just take care of your health make sure you're eating right, you're having a lot of liquids. And in that video, it was broken up in snippets of about 50 seconds, because I could barely speak. I could only hold my breath for that long. And I did it, and I released it onto social media. And there were two ladies that came to me and said, but Nolan, the world needs to hear your story. And at this point, I've never been an author. I've never been a writer, except writing essays in school. And I I, I thought to myself, no, I can't do this. So when I did get eventually, so I I upped my visualization techniques as well, and I visualized myself, I created this mental image in, in the front of my mind that I will move out at a certain day, out from ICU into the ward, and from the ward I will walk to that awaiting car and come home safely. But unfortunately, because of COVID protocol, I could not walk to the car, I had to be wheeled out in a wheelchair to the entrance or exit, and then get into the car. So I come home and During this time, I was a very fit person when I went in, but I could barely take 10 steps, 10 baby steps. Every time I attempted to go past 10, I would like kind of fall over. So I had to train myself how to walk again. I had to train myself how to breathe again. So luckily for me, in my yard here, I have a lot of trees, so I'm walking out with a uh, oxygen tank. They gave me one of the conditions was, I come and went beyond this oxygen tank for a, a period of 30 days said, okay, fine. I used to hold this tank, walk to the tree, smell the fresh oxygen from there and eventually tried to wane myself off the tank. After two weeks, JP, I got in touch with the company or well, my wife got in touch with him and we said, please give this oxygen tank to somebody who needs it more than me. I'm going to be fine. So at that point, I started the build. I started the rebuild and saying, well, this is what I'm going to do. I got out. I started making notes. I said, well, why not take turn that painful phase of my life? into a success story and become a first-time author. And that was the birth of my COVID journey, mind acts and techniques that got me through it. But the book wasn't written to to make money, not at all. The book was written with two main focuses. One, a lot of people have lost people through COVID. And if they could experience what their loved ones had been through by reading the book and being in my shoe, it allows them to reach peace and closure in their life. And the second one was to share my decks and techniques to people, not only for COVID, for every single obstacle that they face, to see the obstacle as an opportunity to grow through it, not just go through it as well. So that was the key message that came out from, from that book. And I'm so grateful that I was able to write it. And it's touched a lot of people. The feedback I've got to date is unbelievable. People are really appreciating the fact that you know, I made the time to share the journey with them as well.
1: Yeah, it's important. And it what another a part of that that's really important is that you were skeptical at first of it. like, And you said even still you're kind of, right? But that this is happening as well. And so it's such a beautiful idea. And that part you were talking about where you had to stop recording because you couldn't breathe. The quote from the book is, I have to record in snippets because you're breathless, right? You can't speak. The fact that you say, I am fighting for my life, but I am not going to die this way because I have too much to live for. And when I read that, man, you're talking about goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps just reading that right now. And I wonder, like, so obviously just the tools, the mindset, the Napoleon Hill Foundation, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, all these things are there. And that, do you think that has something to do with why you were able to push through it? Oh yeah, uh, a very a very
0: big part of it. Because uh, the one thing I did not mention is, when I, got, uh, when I got COVID and got admitted, this was January, 2021. In 2019, I made a promise to myself that I'm gonna do something extreme for the deaf community because I had connected with them. So the promise I made was to raise as much funds as possible and give the gift of hearing to children that are born deaf. Now that was 2019. 2020, we could not, and and the idea was to climb the highest mountain in Africa, putting our lives at risk, which is Mount Kilimanjaro. 2020, we couldn't do it because COVID was still very much alive and we were not allowed to travel. 2021, we had planned to do it in August, but again, COVID prevented us and me personally getting COVID. But through all of this year, I did not lose sight of the fact that the goal was still to raise funds for children born deaf and take five deaf people up this mountain. So funny enough, COVID struck in January, 2021. I was out for a few months, but by June of that year, I'd started to train my body and I was getting fit to do Kilimanjaro gear. But guess what, December, 2021, uh, another huge surprise. And I did not see it as a setback, but I get to hospital thinking that my lungs were collapsing. And one of the readings on my chart should have been about 14. They did a reading after blood test, and it was about 640 or so. And they said to me, well, Mr Pillay, you've just had a mild heart attack. I said, what? I said, yep, yeah, it's not your lungs. You've had a mild heart attack. So I said, what now? We need to take you in immediately. And they eventually ended up putting three stents in me, right? Up till now, I've got these three stents. Now, Think about this, January 21 COVID, December 2021, I end on a high with the stents. And from December 2021 to August 2022, I've got nine months to make the dream a reality. I'm still focusing on the goal. And I'm saying to myself, I'm still gonna do this. So all because the why was so big to give the gift of hearing to children born deaf and take five deaf people up there. Eventually, with the mindset that I've learned with, Think and Grow Rich, which is part of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And a lot of the learnings and teachings with, oh yeah, yeah, I love it. And all of the the, the teachings with Valley uh, with, with as well had helped me to build myself into such a person that became strong, resilient. And eventually, August 2022, we summit the mountain successfully. Unfortunately, I could not get to 5,800 meters because around 5,300 meters, my chest started getting a bit heavy, and I said to myself, the mountain will always be there, my life won't. So I stopped my journey, but to me, I conquered the mountain. Five deaf people, their dream came true, we were able to help two children with hearing aids, a seven-year-old and a 15-year-old who are living normal lives now as well. That is priceless. To see the smile on another human's face, and I will do this over and over again, just to see them smile. So that's the why that drives us to do what we do today. That's the power.
1: Yeah, it's so important. So, the guys, that's not even his moonshot. So, we'll get to that after. But um, that's so important to know your why like that, right? Because then it doesn't matter. I'm. I, we were talking earlier about push-ups and stuff, right? And I got this, like, my kids on the wall. And that's what I look at when I do this sit-up routine that I hate doing. I hate it. <laughs> but it's my why. Like, okay, I'm doing it for these guys, right? And so, to know your why is huge. Um, and that, too, that's pretty – brave might not be the right word um to go up the mountain with that because i know you're kind of athletic and so you know about heart rate training and to have the heart attack and the still like that so how how did you train your heart rate to get to uh, that's still good like getting all the way up there no i i knew i had
0: to up my game so i was doing daily walks of daily daily five kilometer walks Uh, i don't i think i'm not sure what's in miles but it could be about three miles but I was doing that daily, and I was doing a lot of the breeding techniques that I learned in like Mind Valley or other programs as well. And I just decided to up my game. And it's a major plus because prior to this, I would not have made the attempt to learn how to breed, right? Because we take it as as for granted that we just breed as we are. But learning these techniques are like so powerful. So I was doing a lot of that. I started changing my my eating habits. Uh, I've never I don't think I've been a bad eater, but I started having a lot of protein and a lot of the good things in life that could keep my energy levels at a high and still pushing on to make sure that, you know, what you you said you're gonna do, you make sure that you do achieve it. So it does change. You gotta change your lifestyle at some point. And you're not changing your lifestyle just because you feel like. You're changing it because you want to look better. Like you said, you got pictures of your kids on the wall and you wanna make sure that you can play with them as old as you get right? You still don't want to lose touch with that. It's the very same thing as well. I want I, want to live double my age better, JP, double my age, but I want to live double my age still being able to do things that I want to do. And this is where the starting point comes in, looking after your health, focusing on it from a holistic point of view.
1: Right. And to have that vitality while you're living over there, right? You don't want to just Hey, look, I live to a hundred, but then the last 40 years were no good. You want to be vital while you're doing it. Yeah. And so another quote from the book is funny is people are calling you the Chuck Norris of COVID-19. <laughs> I think it might be pro- proper to, I think we got to make a distinction that is COVID and COVID pneumonia. And then we can move away from that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like the Chuck Norris comparison though. I I just love that. <laughs> It's amazing because, you know, pneumonia is not a, it's not an easy thing. I had COVID-19 pneumonia, uh, which a lot of people around my age group that were, I would say, even fitter in me, passed on because the way it was attacking them. To me, when I look at these guys, I think a lot of people have passed on because of fear. You know what fear did to people. There was so much of hype about COVID out there at that time that people were just scared, right? And that led to the downfall of them. I wasn't fearful. I was still strong in mind. And I always went back to that decision I made when I got admitted and, and the decision was, you will walk out from it. Even though I almost gave up on day six, being human, I still decided that I could do so much more better. So I think it's, it's, it's not something that's easy, but no matter what you go through, be it COVID or any other obstacle, Just realize you can get out of it. Don't allow yourself to go into fear and say, well, this is the end of my life. I could have easily done that. Many people did that when they had COVID, right? They just gave up. So I'm saying, don't give up. No matter what disease or sickness or challenge you're going through at that point, don't give up because it's a test of how strong you are. It's a test of your resilience. And when you pass or get out of that, you will... See the benefit of what that actually taught you. And now it's for you to teach that to others
1: and show them that they can come out from whatever challenge they experience. 100%. In the book, Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frankl, he talks about this. He doesn't call it mindset, but he, he says you could tell the 72-hour window before people would die because they gave up. Yeah. And he could see they would give away their food and their cigarettes and their money and then they would die. And um, there's a lady, Edith Edgar, She's she was a psychologist as well. She was in five concentration camps. And she tells a story that there was this girl who was telling everyone, we're going to be liberated by Christmas. She heard we we're going to be liberated. And she was so joyous and happy, right? And then Christmas came and went and it didn't happen. And that girl died shortly after. And it was her belief and her mindset, right? She had no hope after that because the, She was banking everything there. And then when it didn't happen, she gave up, right? But she could have just as easily have not given up. And so this lady who tells the story, I don't know how she could see it from that situation, the most horrible, atrocious situation ever, right? But she said she saw herself living into her 90s, and she did, which is like, and so you're in South Africa, you know all about it. Uh, Part of your story, when you're talking about leaving the hospital and wanting to walk out Reminded me of a long walk to freedom where Mandela walks out of the prison and he knew he had to forgive his jailers. Like, yeah. Still is mind blowing. Right. But it's so, so cool and um, passionate. But yeah, part of your story reminded me that too.
0: And, and and you're right. You know, just to touch on that as well. Uh, I come from that era that Mandela came. I'm not as old as him, but I come from a, an era which we call apartheid in South Africa and apartheid was all about segregation, uh, no matter what. It, it was it did a disservice to a lot of us. Uh, I even, I'm actually writing a, a new chapter now about it, and I speak about how I used to be like a good sportsman, and that could have easily become my career. I could have become a billionaire, but because the system prevented black people from representing their country, I was not able to move forward with that. But here's the thing, though. A lot of people in South Africa at the moment are still stuck in that apartheid era. And the more they stay there, the more they're not going to move forward. We can't undo the past. It's happened, it's gone, it's over. People need to look forward and see how they can better their lives and not stay there. A lot of people, especially with the youth in Africa, they have not experienced apartheid. They've only seen it through the eyes of their parents and they think that they should still hold this against the apartheid government. And this is what we're trying to fix here and say to them, no, you are not part of it. It's over and done with. Don't stay stuck there. It's done. Let's see how we can build our countries and move forward.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. And because what happens is you're just hurting yourself if you just stay there, right? I'm. You're talking about apartheid. I'm Irish. My parents are Irish, our whole family. like, So we know all about this, that British government, IRA, all this stuff, right? It's the same. When I was reading the book, a lot of it, it felt almost similar to the same thing. I'm sure the same is happening in Palestine and Israel, right? And the idea to to stay there and like and so I understand exactly what you're saying because I was a child holding on to my parents' stuff even though it didn't happen to me and yeah. so I think it's important I think as you're talking about the youth there I think it's time maybe to just a perfect segue into your moonshot yeah so uh, <laughs> what what you know that moonshot
0: has been with me for at least about a uh, two years now in fact and that's to touch 1 million lives in Africa, and more so 1 million lives of the youth. So if you look at, we're having a lot of challenges with the youth. Uh, One of the biggest things I face is, and you spoke about it early on, is we don't question. So for example, if a politician says to a youth, jump, the youth is going to say, how high? Versus, why do you want me to jump? And this is what causes a lot of problems and a lot of destruction in the country. So what I want to do with the 1 million lives is, to get the youth in the right state of mind. So spend some time getting them in the right state of mind, allowing them to become entrepreneurs, innovators and creators, et cetera, and all with programs that have been tried tried and tested through all these years. I've tried and tested on myself. JP, I'm sure you as well for sure. And it's getting, when we do this, it starts to build our economy, it starts to build people, and it starts to help them build their families. So in essence, what I'm saying is throughout my years, I was always involved in feeding people and giving them this and that. So now I've changed my mindset in, into one of, why not teach them how to fish? Because if we can teach them how to fish, they will for sure look after themselves, their families, and create this ripple effect in their communities. And eventually we can touch more and more lives and we can all grow together. So 1 million may, may seem like a, a, a big number, But if you break it down in the the strategy that I've put together over a five-year period, it can be done. But I can't do it alone. Again, I've come up with the idea, you've got to collaborate with as many people as possible, get the youth sponsored into this program so that we can start changing their lives. And luckily for me, well, not luckily for me, I was actually manifesting this from last year, uh, January. I've been manifesting to become a partner to the Napoleon Hill Foundation because I believe so much in the book Think and Grow Rich uh, you know, with Bob Proctor's teachings, with what you have in your hand as well. This is gold. You know the principles in their work. But it only works if you work it. You can't just read the book and not apply that knowledge. So now by me becoming a partner directly to the Napoleon Hill Foundation, it's given me the IP to teach this in South Africa legally. So I've put together a program and I've actually called it Let's Think and Grow Rich. You see, so let's is just an added word. And i got the domain for that now because I want to roll this out to our universities, to the youth of Africa and start building them as well. So yes, it can be done. And the beauty of it is when I put together the strategy, together with the 1 million lives over that five years, within a two-year period, we get to create 3,375 jobs. Who would not want to get involved where we're now creating employment? And we know when we create employment, it means families can be fed, families can be taken care of. And they just don't have to wait for the government grant all the time. So I'm really passionate about that. I'm I'm really, really so hyped up about it because I know the changes it's done to me personally. And by me sitting with all of this knowledge makes me a, a person that's being a bit selfish. So I want to take all of this knowledge and share it with as many people as possible and help them to live better
1: lives as well. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of jobs. 3,300 jobs is like, if we're not talking like 30 or 50 or hundred. That's a lot of jobs. And so we're going we're gonna to have to speak up. I have a guy who's doing exactly that in Africa. And so you're asking for the support and you guys are going to connect you. Great. Thank so, you. Yeah. I want to read the moonshot because I think it just, um, so a lot of coaches, creatives, listen to this. I think for anyone out there, We talk about the three MIQs and contributing. And so to get your moonshot in order, to maybe hear Nolan's moonshot will help you kind of just figure out, oh, this is what a moonshot is. And this is how I can get my why way out there. And before I do that, even you, that's your why. You said you started, we can't just go about feeding people anymore. That's what we wanted, but we got to go way bigger. But circles right back, you create 3,300 jobs. And then all of a sudden you're feeding everybody, right? Like, So it's like both of it. But the moonshot says, this is my moonshot. Transform one million lives in Africa, starting with our teens and young adults by enhancing their mindset and thought processes through our coaching and personal mastery programs, which is beautifully right. It's really clear. You don't have to think, what am I doing or what is it all about? It's exactly perfectly clear right there. And then at the end of that, it's your program. So maybe do you want to talk a little about what you're doing as a coach, as far as your program selling, I know you talked about the the Think and Grow Rich, but uh, I checked out of your website and you have a lot of different areas and there's a like different entry points for different people, right? And so, can you speak to that for a bit?
0: No, sure. Uh, and I think I just want to give credit to uh, the power of bold quest that I did with Naveen Jain because that's how that moonshot became so accurate. Uh, and you know, he always tells, it says to you, think big, think bold. Think how you can shift the world. And that's how it came about. So yeah, and on, on my website, you'll find various programs. It does need a bit of tidying up. So going forward, the key program that's going to be is Let's Think and Grow Rich, uh, the, the the Science of Success. That's going to be the key program. And apart from that is my professional speaking arena is where I go in and inspire people with my story. And it's not only sharing my story. Nobody wants to listen to a self pity story all the time people want to know what are the tools and nuggets they can learn from their own stories. So I kind of teach them how they can extract that from their personal stories as well. So the, the two key focus areas are that It's the professional speaking, the coaching slash training. And that's from my my company, Straight Talk with Nolan, from a profits point of view. Uh, I'm not sure if I did mention that I do have a nonprofit leg as well. Uh, no, so the nonprofit is uh, is all about climbing Kilimanjaro, and that's called be the best version of yourself. Now, with the nonprofit, it's, it was created just to serve humanity, because I believe in, in completing the circle of giving and receiving. Therefore, you have both the legs. So, yeah, that's that's it about my company going forward. I've streamlined it in such a way that even with coaching, it's not going to be the one-on-one coaching anymore. It's going to be group coaching so that we can touch more lives, much
1: more quicker as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. And the nonprofit, the giving back, that whole idea is huge. Um, I don't know if you know my story. I know my listeners are probably sick of hearing it, but man, I still... yeah, I will. So the story has changed now. But the old story, um, I went through a decade of hell. I have a tumor in my spine. I chronic pain. Couldn't breathe, laugh, cough, sneeze without pain. So it's not like We're just not being able to go on trips or go run around. There's just things that we don't even think about breathing, laughing, right? Without chronic pain. And I was taking like 33 pills a day. And so, yeah. And and I know how you feel about medication and I feel the same way now. Um, And so at the point I was just giving away my power to the doctors. I didn't know any better. This guy's a doctor. He must know what he's talking about, right? He does this all day long for 50 years. Um, And then maybe in early 2019, something happened. I kind of just said, you know what? My son's turning five. I haven't been doing anything really to help him. I'm not doing this for the rest of his life. He deserves better. And I probably found this book pretty early on, Think and Grow Rich. And I read it about, it's the most read book I have, the most highlighted book I have. And so that was my story. And then as I started learning all these tools that we have from my valley and mindset and body and everything like this. I just completely changed. I'm not sure if you're aware of Joe Dispenza. He says, yeah. the person, your personality creates a personal reality. So my personality, I'm like, hey, that's so true, man. I'm a miserable person and it's creating my environment. And yeah. so kind of like the Carl Jung theory where you have to kill the old self to get to the new self. That's what I did. I started to change. So now the story's changed. And, and I was in a mobility scooter at this point. You're talking 2017, 18. I'm in a mobility scooter. Can't do nothing. A couple months ago, I just ran a marathon. And so now the story's changed. It's called Rise, From Mobility Scooter to Marathon. And the same idea, right? It's how do you share with other people? How do you inspire and light the world? But more so is the focus. So what happened when I stopped focusing on my own pain? I started getting rid of the pills, focusing on, okay, this sun deserves better. Then I started donating blood. That was the first thing. I wanted abundance. I didn't know how to create it. I said, well, we all have blood. Let's give blood. We can create it. It will come back. I help somebody else. And that just spiraled into like um, community support for a nonprofit. And so now I give, um, I, I, I facilitate a group for chronic pain on, um, and anxiety, right? And so some of these people are stuck. Some of them haven't even left their house since COVID and they're still afraid of it, right? Yeah. And so they where like, I'm saying, okay, like I got to be the light. But the whole point of that is like the second that I stopped focusing on my own pain and started focusing on serving and helping other people, my whole world changed. And so I kind of made a deal with God. Like, look, if you can help me out here and get me out of this situation, I'll spend the rest of my life helping people. And I'm committed to do that. Wow.
0: I love that. And I'm grateful that you you actually made it came with making the decision, right? If you didn't make the decision to do better, you would still be stuck as well. You made the choice so like every single one that's listening you they have a choice to either stay stuck or move forward so i'm grateful that you you pulled through it and you are we able to have a discussion today as well and you are impacting lives as well so thank you
1: for that thank you for that (laughs) Human, yeah thank you and so that also there's a part there about the medication because i know how you feel right and so Mm -hmm. i was taking it and and it, it puts this fog or this mask over everything it covers up your soul And like, I don't understand why somebody would give someone that many pills. There's no point. Like I don't, and it's not working. It's not helping me. So why do you give it? But for the compassion side of understanding what people are going through, who are on medication or in chronic pain, if you have family members or people, you know, that are going through that, it's really difficult to understand, especially diseases that you can't see. So fibromyalgia or something like this, where you can't see it, people are going through this pain and. And I don't know, it's just difficult. So that's part of it. Um, I think enough about me. Let's talk about phase four. This is the phase four podcast. And phase four in the six phase meditation is all about creating your future three years out. So where is Nolan three years from today? Wow, beautiful. I love it. So I'll I'll
0: just give you a quick rundown of next year. So next year is back up Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, We're doing it differently this time. Well, not differently. Uh, We're climbing for mental wellness and cancer. We've lost a lot of people through cancer. A lot of people have lost others through cancer. So what we do, JP, is when we do climbs like this, we partner with local nonprofits. But a lot of the people have seen what we've done in 2022 with Climb for the Deaf, and they've come on board. So now we have climbers from Canada, yep, from your country, Canada, Portugal, and from Norway as well, that's come on board. And we're gonna do it for mental wellness and cancer, we partnered up with local organizations as well. So that's the one-year goal. In three years' time, the plan is to start up our Community Skills Village. And the Community Skills Village is all about bringing in youth or people that cannot afford to further their education in a way. But again, the idea is to get them in here, get them in the right state of mind, spend about four months or six months, getting them in the right state of mind, and then on in the Community Skills Village on-site, We get in electricians, artisans, or mechanics and teach them the trade that they want to do, not what we want them to do. They want to do because then now they get to choose something they're passionate about and something they're obsessed about and they can go out and become business owners or even working for companies, et cetera. So that's the big goal uh, that we have. And a community skills village is so well needed because we know the impact we can create out there. There's nobody nurturing the youth. Yes, there are people doing it. But from my research and from what I see, people are doing it for the money. Let's be honest. I don't want to only do it for the money. Yes, I do need the money, of course. But I want to do it because I want to add value to that person more than ever. The money will flow. We know that, right? Add value
1: first and the money will flow. 100%. And this, especially because of coaches, right? Add value. Just deliver value. Don't don't even worry about the money. How can you help this person? Maybe you help that person and then two years later, then all of a sudden they're paying you more because your prices went up because you got better. So you don't have to worry in the moment so much, right? Um, so that's really special. And I love the philanthropy or just the giving back, right? And that's the way. Like it's especially like I think you believe the way I do. We're all connected and we're all we're all here to like grow and help each other and so by doing this you you get back but then you get filled up as well right fill your own cup um i think maybe we should go into mind valley what are some of your favorite authors quests or certifications and why well so so the one my favorite will
0: always be silver ultramind and the reason being is when i had my COVID, it brought me through that even when i went and did my I've been practicing the three scenes healing technique ever since then. So whenever I have any issues or even when I'm working on a project and I need assistance, three scenes scenes technique is my go-to. So Vishen is one of my favorite authors. I I love every single author in there as well. I think the likes of Michael Beckwood, Naveen Jain as well as even Jim Quick, every single one is great. Uh, Recently, I did a quest with uh, Marissa Peer. Oh, sorry, Marie Diamond. And this is why you see this in the back and the chakra chart, right? Because very often in our business environments or our living environments, we don't tend to focus on how the area should be. And the gold in the back resembles abundance. So if you keep something that's really dull in your office, how are you going to attract something of abundance, right? You're going to attract more dull things. So I did a whole revamp of my office, even my logo for my company. I started looking at my success colors and started changing that around as well. So, you know, I'm still part of Mind Valley. Uh I'm not a local host anymore because of time, but I'm still very much part of it, especially with the beta testing as well. Uh, every single quest that comes out from Mind Valley is an amazing quest. There's no doubt about that. I mean, but the thing is, going back to getting that knowledge, you just don't get the knowledge and push it in, push it in, you push it in. You need to take it and apply it you know, the saying goes, applied knowledge is much more powerful than just listening and reading things.
1: Right. Yeah. If you don't use it, it's just a philosophy, right? If you put in the action, then it works and it does work and it stacks. And there's something that happens that's beautiful about growth. There's this exponential growth period where you plan your, your goals and you work towards them, you chip away at it and you reach your goals. But Other things that you didn't expect to happen along the way happen and things that you didn't see or someone you didn't know, or just you learn some new piece of information that you didn't account for. And then all of a sudden that growth starts to go straight up. And it's just like, wow, you look over your shoulder, you're like, wow. But as far as the Feng Shui and Marie Diamond, I'm 100% with you. At one point, before I, I learned this around 2019, I used to have my desk in this little corner facing the wall and it was dark and... Now it's like, no, not doing that. So yeah, I definitely like, I love it. And like you said, all those My Valley quests, that's a tough question, right? Because they're all so good. Uh, Vision is really good. The Be Extraordinary Super. And uh, I think maybe as we start to wind down, if this resonates with you and you like it, maybe like it, share, follow, share with a friend. Um, And if you're a coach and you think you have a compelling story, get in touch with me. We'll get you on the show. And so, before I ask my final question, Nolan, is there anything that you want to share about yourself, your business, your personal life, anything, books, whatever that we didn't get to that maybe you could share? Yeah, no, sure. Thank you for
0: that, uh, JP. really appreciate it. And I, I think one of my, my well, really impactful moments for 2023, uh, recently we, we did a book, we co-authored a book called uh, Ignite Your Faith, and we became all oh, I became an international best-selling author together with my co-authors in four countries within 24 hours in five categories. So that was a major accomplishment for me. I mean, if you look at my writing journey that started only in 2021, late 2021 till now. So whoever is thinking about writing a book, don't think anymore. Just go and do it. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, if you're looking for a speaker, an inspirational speaker, or even a coach and a trainer, you can get in touch with me. It's nolan at nolanpillay360.com. My website is nolanpillay360.com. And you may wonder why it is a 360. If you look at life, life is not just up to 90 degrees. You've got to complete that circle. And funny enough, when the 360 got presented to me, I jumped at the opportunity because com was taken. So I said, why not make it dot 360com I would love to get in touch with you. I would love to come and even speak at your events or coach you, or just help you and share my story as well. You know, like JP says as well, back in the day, we did not have mentors or coaches or guides. But in today's lifestyle or hectic world that we live in, you do need coaches. And don't see a coach as somebody uh, that's there because you've got a problem in your life. No, your coach is just your guide. Think about the sporting teams out there. Why do we have coaches? It's to guide people. To allow people to be accountable to somebody for their own success. That's the most important thing. And the last thing I want to say is before you ask your last question, you know, when I was doing uh, thinking into results with Bob Proctor a couple of years ago, he said to me, when you look back wherever you are now, when you look back on how far you you've grown, you would need a magnifying glass to see the growth. And that is potent, JP. That is wow. potent. I look back now. I can't really get to grips as to how much I've grown, but I know I've grown and I'm just gonna grow and grow and grow. And I don't want to grow
1: alone. I wanna grow with others. Beautiful. So you stole my last question is usually like, where can people reach you? So that's okay though. Um, I There's a lot of Toronto connections. I don't know if you know Robin Sharma, but Bob Proctor is in Toronto all the time, back in the day. Robin Sharma is here. As we are talking about vision. And I was saying oh, I went to the Be Extraordinary event that was in Toronto, and there was a lady there who had a book series called Ignite. And so True. she came, yeah, yeah. So she was there. What's her name? Jay- david Owen. david Owen, right? And so she was there, and so that was the first time she spoke a little bit and. I got her book and I was talking to her and I was like, wow, this is a brilliant idea for a series, right? So then fast forward a couple of years, um, Valley, uh, certified life coach, certified business coach. And did you see these girls, Noelle and Mika, and they collaborated the same style like the Ignite series. So she got a bunch of coaches together and she wrote a couple books. The first one is called Seeds for the Soul. The second one is called Seeds for the Seeds of Transformation, and so I'm the I'm the editor of this book, and then this book called Words from Walden I just wrote or I wrote it, but it just came out um, July this year, and so circling back 360 style, this all happened because I went to the Be Extraordinary event in Toronto, saw JB Owen doing the Ignite series. And then when this came along, I was like, "Oh yeah, I know all about this collaboration thing. Let's do it." Yeah, <laughs> so yeah,
0: and and Ignite Your Faith is with Jv Owen. Uh, I'm doing another chapter now for a book uh, called Ignite Your Courage. Uh, nice. That's going to be launched anytime soon. But uh, do you know that a few of the Mind Valley people that were part of Mind Valley Heroes got together and also put together a book series? It was called Extraordinary Living.
1: Wow. Yeah. So it's crazy, right? You just, if you, and part of this is saying yes. Like if you just could easily stay in your head and get stuck in your fear and say no, but just say yes. Just say yes and do it. Yeah. And and the interesting, interesting fact, uh,
0: JP, is JB Owen and her husband, Peter, are climbing Mount Kilimanjaro with us next August. So they are the couple from Canada.
1: Wow. That's amazing. So cool. Right. I think that's a perfect place because NolanPlay360.com just came 360 full circle right there. So I think that's a really good place to leave it. Nolan, I'm very grateful for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you so much, JP. I really appreciate you and I wish you all the best. Thank you.